The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our PC. Hello, everyone. This is Dave, and welcome to the Boston Podcast, brought to you by pod617.com. We record out of our studios here in lovely, somewhat chilly today, Westwood, Mass. Go to pod617.com if you want to be the next big podcast star. You could be recording right now. You could be hanging with me. My (laughs) guest today is Toby Gerard. She is an insurance maven and all-around awesome person, one of my favorite people in the world. Toby, welcome to the show. Hi, David. Um, are you, uh, blo- now you've already been in here as a, as a guest on Harry Margolis's podcast. So you kind of knew the lay of the land here. Yeah. So you're not like super blown, blown away, impressed by the palatial thing that we've set up here. I'm good. good. I'm good. Okay. I'm ready, to, ready to go. We were going to get into a lot of topics with Toby about what she does. Long-term care insurance may not sound sexy, but believe it or not, it's very interesting and you might need it. People, you might need it. We're also going to get into um, a lot of cool stuff about what's going on, uh, uh, why our state is maybe more exciting than a place like San Diego. We've located a person that actually moved from San Diego back to Boston, so it happens. And uh, we'll clue you in on who that person is, because Toby happens to be close to this person. We're going to give you some cool restaurant reviews today, and much, much more today on the Boston Podcast, brought to you by our proud sponsor, the United States Postal Service, second largest employer in the world. In the in the world. Wow, I really need more coffee. But they might be the second largest employer in the world. Probably not, though. In the United States, though, they are the second largest employer, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usbs.com slash careers, United States Postal Service. Deliver for the nation and kids when you have the chance. Go to the App Store and download the Adori app. That's A-D-O-R-I. It's a podcast player. It brings your podcast to life. So you can see images of Toby laughing at me because I'm screwing everything up today. That's what you could be doing if you had downloaded the Adori app. So do that. It's cool. You'll love it. Lots of bells and whistles. You can listen to all podcasts on the Adori app. So, Toby, how are things Everything's good. Everything's David. good. She, yeah. she says, yeah. you made the trip from Western Mass. You're, you're a, a product of the Bronx originally, you told me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The Bronx and Yonkers. How yep. long have you been in this area? I've been here since 1975 when I came up here to go to grad school. And you fell in love with the Red Sox in 75. No, you, you're not a baseball person, but I think of uh, the Red Sox in 1975. But because you are, we've, we've accepted you now in the Boston area as a, a true Bostonian or greater Bostonian or Massachusettsian or whatever you want to call it. So therefore, we need to put you in the Boston vault as we do with our guests here. Security measures being taken. You must enter the vault and answer questions about our fair city. And, uh, all right. Yeah. And th- there it is. Okay. You're, um, make yourself comfortable. Uh, there are some people who have entered the vault never to return. Um, <clears throat> we will not speak of them. So I want to talk about, um, your move because you just moved from around here. You lived in Metro West area. Yes, I did. Yeah. 
and you moved out to Western Mass. Yes. That is a dream of many, realized by few, I would suggest, because the Western Mass is like another planet to some people. Why? So why, first of all? Well, I think sometimes you just get to a point in your life that you're looking for things to get a little slower. Um, you want a little bit more quality of life. You want the air to be a little fresher. Mm. You want a little less traffic. Uh, you're looking to just scale back on some materialistic things and just live a little more, I'd say, quality around people that more so do a lot more artisan work, things with their hands and mm. things like that, and um, get more back to the roots. My husband loves to garden, so we have a really big garden. And I think everything has its time. So I think for us, Metro West was a wonderful place to raise our family. Uh, it was a wonderful place for me to start and grow my business. But at a different stage, I think you want different things. Maybe you don't realize you're stuck until you start letting your mind open up to, is there somewhere else I'd rather live? Mm -hmm. And we had always spent a lot of our free time in Western Mass. My husband's family's from out that way. Okay. And um, there was an opportunity to have a beautiful small house on a lake, and we're wow. there. Wow. We're there. The American dream. The American and dream. And it's not as if you grew up on a farm since you grew I mentioned you grew, you grew up in this. <laughs> you've now had everything. There's Other than living on the moon, I think you've had every American experience. You know, big city, medium city, yeah. and, and now... Um, the farm, not actually a farm, I, I presume. A little bit are of you, the, the pucker brush. Pucker brush. <laughs> are you, um, are, how many goats are you going to have? No, probably no probably goats. no goats. No oh, goats. Okay. Guess. Yeah, we're talking about chickens, but no goats. There are bears in there, Western oh, Mass. There are definitely bears. Have you seen them? There are black bears, yes. Yeah. And they're, they, are, they come to people's homes. They walk down the street. There's beavers that start destroying trees. I mean, there's really? definitely a different relationship with... Um, flora and fauna <laughs> yeah. out there yes yeah i remember driving out in western mass and i freaked the first bear i saw i was just driving along you know around here and particularly in my hometown of sharon you see deer more frequently than ever that i can remember and turkeys are everywhere yeah. where did these turkeys come from i don't right. understand right uh and uh but i did i was driving around some road near stockbridge or so and there was just a bear who scurried across the road right as my car was yeah. coming by. Can you imagine if I hit a bear? Oh, my God. I'd be quite crushed. Although they are... These are not friendly animals necessarily. That is correct. That <laughs> don't, is correct. Don't go give them a hug, right? No. You definitely want to have like a little foghorn that you can kind of press yeah. on. So, yeah. you got to be a little bit more conscientious out there. How many rifles will you have? No, I don't need... We don't need to get into that. This isn't a big gun show. Um... So, and as I teased earlier, you yes. have your beloved daughter is moving back from San Diego, yes, which she is. seems impossible because I'm told San Diego is the greatest place on earth. And it's always my punchline when the when the when the winter rolls around. I always say, oh, why don't we live to, Why don't we live in San Diego? Because yeah. apparently it's perfect there. But it she's is, coming back. It so is why? pretty perfect. They've been out there for almost eight years, but I think. You know, we get used to different weather conditions out here. You know, a good blizzard, maybe a hurricane, things like that, heavy yep. snowstorm. Out there, very different weather. You know, you've got wildfires, you've got drought, you've got mudslide. Um, air quality is not great, expensive place to live. I mean, the weather, you know, 70 and sunny is a good amount of the time. But right. if you've grown up in New England with four seasons, 70 and sunny can get really, really old. I guess it can, huh? 
And does it not get above 70? It, it does. In the it, it definitely does, yeah. but it's very, very different than our than our summer. So mm-hmm. I think also family becomes very important when you're away from it. Sometimes it feels a little bit like the Wizard of Oz. You know, there's no place like home. There's no place like and and yeah. you go away and then you say, I really miss home. And I think as a parent, you just wait for that to happen. And for us, it took almost eight years. Wow. So <laughs> and are do they have little ones? Not yet. That's Not yet. the other reason they're okay. coming home is they want to start a family. So, oh, look so. at this. We're excited. It's all coming together, Toby. We're excited. Yeah. Let's get some little ones. Um, I hope she's listening. So um, <laughs> get on that, would you? Uh, so uh, congratulations on the, on, on the new home. Um, and what um, like what what are you most looking forward to? I mean, I'm sorry, you're already out there. All mm-hmm. right. So yes. so how often do you make that trip? down the pike back to do business and such yeah probably three times a week um still coming to and from you know eastern mass but it doesn't really bother me because my entire career i've been on the road spanning 40 years in the insurance industry this is actually a piece of cake i used to cover (laughs) five states including maine new hampshire and vermont that was an arduous journey, but um, coming to Eastern Mass, as long as you plan your timing well and you've got good podcasts to listen to. I was just going to ask you what you yeah. listen to in your car. Good on you. I, yeah. I definitely do podcasts. I, you know, I'll listen to books on CD. I'm an avid reader. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind it. I think what I would find difficult would be in a, being in an office all the time. That would be yeah. prison for me. I drive a lot the last few years i've driven a lot I, I haven't worked in downtown boston since whenever since i don't know but uh so being in the car people people dread commutes in general oh it's, how long's your commute oh it's terrible terrible now i admit driving into boston is still a slog because there's something just soul crushing about being in bumper to bumper traffic yes particularly if you're trying to make a meeting and I'm working on my uh, tardiness problem, but but so as a result, it, when, there's nothing more frustrating than being in traffic and knowing that you're just barely going to make it to work. Right. But other than that, uh, like I think driving kind of gets a bad rap because it's we live in complicated, chaotic times, and sometimes you know listening to a podcast in your car is quite relaxing. Yeah, you a, just have to plan for it. I think right. if you just back into the day and how much time you need, and then just add on extra. It's always better to be sitting in a parking lot with a cup of coffee going through your phone than being late. So I just adjust for it, and um, it works out fine. There was a funny Saturday Night Live sketch about Target, but part of the the benefits of Target that they were selling was you can pull into their parking lot and turn your car off and enjoy your one quiet moment of the day. day. (laughs) And then they said, and enjoy looking across the parking lot at someone else who's doing the same thing. And these two people look at each other, they're both like... Uh, I'm not suggesting that too, but I thought that was pretty fun. Um, are there any outposts along the way across your, your travels in New England across the years that you make sure, like like a spot where you like to stop off, restaurant or no? I, I, I mean, I have a favorite restaurant. I'd be glad to share that with no, you. No, that's for later in the program. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no, I meant like, uh, I don't know, like there's um, like a place to stop off and get pies. There's one, I, can go, I, don't, I don't remember where it is, but anytime I go by a pie stand, I'm always prompted to go. And then the, the other place I think of is 
Ryan's Deli in oh, yeah. uh, right in, in Vernon, Connecticut. Vernon, Connecticut. Oh, my there God, you go. Yeah, absolutely. It's like exit sixty-five off of Route eighty-four, yep. I think. And anytime I'm sitting in that vicinity, I can smell the matzo A- ball soup. You know, absolutely. <laughs> the corned beef on rye with coleslaw yeah. and mustard. Yeah, that's an interesting place. Um, yeah. it, you know, it's one of these. Uh, it's a deli by name, but it's a restaurant, in fact, because it's yes. pretty huge. Yes. And then if you go in there, there's a whole history of Ryan's Deli, yes. and it, it burned down at one point, and I think there was something shady going on there, like the families yes. involved or something. We anyway. always stop there because growing up in the Bronx and then Yonkers, as you're heading back to Massachusetts, where we lived, it was always Ryan's Deli. You had Ryan's to stop Deli. there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention the coffee cake. My friend, uh, my friend Scott Katz, who I used to work with at Lawyers Weekly years ago, he said he has a two. Uh, sour cream coffee yeah, cake is what absolutely. it is. He has a two coffee cake minimum when he walks out of that place. He's got he's got to buy at least two and sometimes more. They are quite delicious. Very moist. Anyway, um, we're gonna get. Oh, we're gonna let Toby out of the vault. Congratulations, you uh, successfully. Yep. Yay! Let her out. Let her out. Yep. Okay. Uh, before we get to the rest of the cool stuff in the program, I do want to tell you about our sponsor, the United States Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers. So its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is on the web, kids, usps.com slash careers, and it's the policy of the Postal Service to provide equal employment opportunity and prevent employment discrimination. And I continue my streak of not getting through the live read without flubbing it at least once. I'm not perfect, people. I'm a decent podcaster, <clears throat> right? Toby, I can Doing use the encouragement. Doing yeah, a good job. Well, except for that flub. Postal Service seeks to attract and retain a diverse workforce in which employees respect and value each other's differences and work to promote collaboration, flexibility, and fairness so that all employees are able to participate and contribute to their full potential. Apply today. USPS.com slash careers. The United States Postal Service. 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 Sturbridge. It must be on my mind. United States Postal Service. Deliver for the nation. Thank you. There are some great people that work for the post office, too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They become, I mean, we have actually become very good friends with our postal carrier, and who would have thought? Yeah. um, They're not all raving lunatics with guns anymore. I'm I'm kidding. It's all good. It's like one incident that gave them a bad rap. No, we have a a friend here, a friend of Pod 617, George Kippenham, who's been on a lot of our podcasts, and he's uh, one of the higher-ups at the Postal Service, and he's a delight. Mm. And um, so we, we love the Postal Service. And by the way, Kudos to the Postal Service for really keeping up and, uh, you know, no other word for it, competing in this, you know, market now where, you know, there's the UPSs and the Amazons and everyone. And Postal Service, uh, you know, for, for my money, they, they're uh, just as reliable, if not more reliable than those others. Um, do, do you, are you an Amazon person? Do you like no, to order I, stuff I on? use the post, the U, U.S. Postal Service exclusively. Wow. Yeah, Good I for really you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And our sponsors. Thank you. So, but, uh, <laughs> so let's get into what to- Toby okay. does because okay. I want to be able to, to plug what she does because she's wonderful at what she does. So the first time I met Toby, it's, you know, in the world of networking and I've been a lawyer, I've been a financial advisor, I've failed at many things, people. <laughs> anyway, um, in meeting Toby, she, she said, it's real simple. I do one thing. I do long-term care insurance. And for those of you who don't know what that is, you should. It's, it, sound, it is what it sounds like. It's, it's looking ahead to the day where you may be in long-term care, which as we know, can become horribly expensive and insuring yourself against, you know, prior 
to that moment. And so you've been doing it for quite some time. Over 20 years. Over 20 years. Yeah. You started when you were seven years old. And, Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, by the way, before I forget, tobygerardinsurance.com. And Toby spells your name T-O-B-E-G-E-R-A-R-D. So tobygerardinsurance.com. And uh, yeah, what the heck? We'll give out your phone number too. 508-653-8110 is where you reach Toby. But tell me what, after all these years, you still you still dig what you do? Yeah, I still love what I do. I still believe in what I do. Well, tell us why. Well, I mean, I went into this because as a baby boomer, I had parents who were aging and both needing care. And there was no insurance in place. It you know, really wasn't that available. I mean, the product's been on the market for the 70s, but it didn't really gain traction until like the 90s. So I just watched both of my parents need care and go through a boatload of money, um, one at home and one in assisted living, and just said, there's got to be a better way. Mm -hmm. So I attended a seminar that this woman, Lisa Macri, gave, and I went up to her afterwards and said, I want to be you. <laughs> and uh, that was in 1998, mm. and she became my mentor. And then um, I went out on my own and started an agency just specializing in long-term care insurance. I mean, it was a big risk. I didn't know if it would fly. And sometimes, you know, it felt like this was a bad decision, but you just keep building it and make mm -hmm. contacts and do a good job for people. And, um, you know, I'm working with a lot of baby boomers and now people that are way younger than baby boomers, but it's really anybody that's doing planning, usually with a financial advisor or an estate attorney is when it comes up. And they, they want to have a plan in place so that they're not a burden to their loved ones, that they can protect some assets, that they've got some choices. And even though long-term care insurance is, you know, fairly maligned kind of insurance, it's still the best we have. Mm -hmm. So I still love it. I still think it's appropriate in many, many situations. And I think it's important for people to explore it. The millennials do you think they even know where the term baby boomer derivates from i just this came up on the last podcast I was recording it that um the baby well you know what it is right well i am one of them are you, you a know, baby boomer? people yeah, born between and 1946 and 1964 we were we were the boom after world war ii yeah um you know what i am i'm a nothing i'm nothing you're I'm not you're I'm not between, a millennial no i'm but i'm between a boomer and a i guess a generation x but mm. i remember when they started calling people generation x i remember being too old for that but okay. i mean too too young for that no too old for that but yet Marge, I mean, I was born in 68, so I missed okay. baby boomer by four yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, but for a while in the, particularly in the eighties and nineties, the baby boomers became a cultural phenomenon because businesses realizes they needed to market everything to the baby boomers. Yes. And so it was that age. And that's where, that's kind of right around where the, the Brat Pack came about sort of kind of the Judd Nelson and Emilio Estevez. And at first they were playing teenagers and then they're playing executives. And then there are all kinds of movies about baby their movies called baby boom. And she's having a baby because the boomers were having babies. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I bet they don't even know, but um, you silly millennials. Um, so, Long-term care insurance, tell me, it, it usually people think of insurance in two buckets. It's, it's insurance, it's uh, term insurance. So like you go, you get your life insurance and SBLI and you pay a certain amount every month. Or what, oh, geez, what's the other one? Term Hy Hybrid. Well, with uh, well, long-term care. No, no long-term care yet. I'm saying a term and then there's the type of insurance. Whole life. Whole, whole life. Universal you, life. What you in, I mean, the type where you actually invest money. 
and it, it's an investment as well as an insurance policy. Yeah. That's more like whole, whole, I guess, is, yeah. is what I'm thinking. So which is long-term closer to? Is it is it the kind of thing you start paying a premium and just kind of you keep doing that until you need it, if you need it? It's actually both. There's The industry has gone to two different models. One is more like auto and home, you know, pay as you go, and there's no gravy train at the end. If you don't use it, you could pay on it for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other that's gained more traction in the last few years is what we call hybrid, which is when you link long-term care insurance with another kind of insurance, usually life insurance. Mm -hmm. And that has a lot more appeal because someone will get something. Even if you don't use it for long-term care, then your beneficiaries will get the death benefit in the form of life insurance. Becomes life insurance, right. Yeah. So, you know, there's two products, no right or wrong, no better or worse, just different people want to fund the risk differently. And it's our job to present both and let people select what's the right fit for them. And isn't there one where you can take back the investment at the end? I mean, without any, I, I seem to remember one where you could do the two things you mentioned. Yeah. You could use it for long term. You could be that death benefit or you can retrieve. You can do return of premium. Return you, of premium. You can ask right. for your money back. You know. Which is obviously not the best investment, but it's uh, if you don't, if, if you're you not ch- going to use it. And if you, you change th- your mind. Right. And, and, or something happens in your life that suddenly you need that money. But most of the time right, when people right, right. go into this, they're not going to ask for their money back because then they've lost their long-term care insurance. So you, right. you kind of go in knowing I'm going to keep this in force, mm-hmm. you know, or I wouldn't be doing it. I suppose you might take your money back if you develop some kind of superpower, you know, like if a radioactive spider bit you or something, you and could. then you know you're not going to die ever. Like I don't, you know, Spider Man can't ever die, so you, he probably doesn't need insurance. You could, you, you could do that. <laughs> it's the only way it could be possible. So we, um, once again, TobyGerardInsurance.com is where you find Toby and have that conversation with her, particularly if you're a professional and you have clients who need this, rather than just say, uh, I don't know, go find an insurance person, or rather than referring them to someone who does all kinds of insurance. Um, Toby is the go-to person for long-term care. How did I do? How did I do? I think you did great. Pretty good. You okay. did great. She's not a paid sponsor of the Boston Podcast. She's just my friend. Okay, people, in case you were wondering. So anyway, um, we were talking before about how um, you and I met through networking circles and have probably sat down many times to yes. talk about sort of what we do, understand what we do, and do the networking thing. And I've always put you up as an example of someone who does it very well. And I was trying to formulate in words why that is. And I just think you're a good person (laughs) and I think you treat people very well. And you were telling me during our pre-interview, we'll call it that. It's just otherwise known as me and Toby chatting before the podcast started, um, that you didn't necessarily come from that. I find that very interesting. Do you mind if we talk about that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. What were your parents like? They were not really very good people. They were not really very good moral, ethical people. Um, there was some mental illness. There was some um, perpetrator. There was just people that um, were depression babies with a lot of anxiety and issues, and they themselves, you know, trying to find their way after, you know, World War Two and everything. Um, they experienced a, a lot of difficulties and that just got handed down. And unfortunately, they were not people that I would have wanted to model myself after either of them, even though they were divorced, I would not have modeled myself. So to me, it was all about doing the opposite of, 
of what I was raised with for values and certainly bringing that into our relationship with our family. Now, do you have siblings? My siblings are deceased. Okay. And what was it like in now? Did you, so for much of your childhood, were you with mom or dad or both for a period or? I was raised by my mom, Mm -hmm. um, in an, a one bedroom apartment in Yonkers, New York, most of the time. Um, and my dad would come down and visit every Mm -hmm. two weeks or so. And then I got to know him more when I came up to Massachusetts to go to graduate school. Mm -hmm. But my mom was, you know, the parent who had, who had custody and he had visitation. I just think of you as such a positive person. And so it, it's very interesting to me that you had a childhood that sounds like it wasn't happy all the time. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it was never happy, actually. I, it was My not goodness. a good childhood. Yeah. Um, but I am a really strong believer that we learn more from our adversarial situations in life than we do the stuff that comes easy. And I feel that because I'm more of a street kid, mm-hmm. um, nothing came easily to me. And mm-hmm. I'm always grateful for everything I have because I had so little growing up that I remember even buying our first house, just a two bedroom house. When, when you grow up in a one bedroom apartment, it was huge. So yeah. I've always just been a very grateful person because I didn't expect anything because there wasn't anything to get. Right. So, right. I'll, I'll Toby promise. I promise not to talk sports in this podcast because I always default on it, but I am going to use one of those tortured sports analogies that I'm talking about people who they say, they were born on third base and they think they hit a triple. So I'm talking about the people who had a different different experience mm, from yeah. you. Yep. And I have friends like this who, who have, I'm thinking of a couple people who live not too far from here in Metro West, and they were simply born into great wealth. Mm-hmm. And some of them are lovely people and some of them aren't the loveliest of people. Mm-hmm. And some of them I just kind of look at and I say, not out loud, but maybe I, I, I have a hard time garnering as much respect for you as others because you haven't been through the slings and arrows. Right. Now, of course, just because you're wealthy doesn't mean you're not going to go through tough times. You could have a situation with your kid. You could, have, you could be unlucky in love. You know, there's yeah. a, a number of things that could happen. But what you said rings true to me because I... I, there's something to growing up. There's something to learning and people will do it at different paces. And a lot of it is, is taking hits. And so do Mm -hmm. you think taking some hits when you were young kind of accelerated your maturity as, as a person or? I would definitely say so. Um, I, it definitely made me stronger. It definitely made me believe I could achieve almost anything. Um, you know, I went through school on scholarship. There wasn't money to go to school. So, you know, I did. Where did you go to college? Um, I started at uh, City University and then finished at State University of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, then I came up, uh, went to Simmons for a degree in library science, and then I went back to school for five years nights to get my MBA while I was working full time. Wow. So it's always just been hard work, but when you come out the other side, it's a good life. It's, for sure. It's, it's a great life. And you just have to find a partner that has those same values, that that matters. And mm-hmm. I think, fortunately for me, my husband, Mark, you know, is is that mirror mm-hmm. very, very much. And our daughter was raised without privilege. That was important to us, too, that, you know, she wanted the expensive sneakers. That was fine. We would pay for some, but she needed to pay for some. And mm-hmm. it was the only way you know, to um, create some value there. So 
those things were important to us and still are. Sure. I, I was watching that. You don't happen to watch the TV show, the affair, do you? No, no. So that's, it's, um, <clears throat> well, the star of it's Dominic West is a guy who's better known for being on the, the lead in the TV show, the wire. doesn't matter. It's one of these shows. Anyway, it's like, <laughs> I'm, and I'm like in season three, it's one of these you can binge. It's actually very good. And it's, it's, it's not a complicated story, but the, they weave in a lot of interesting character development. And the main character, as the as the title would suggest, has an affair. He's got a lovely family, but they're out on. These are the privileged people on third base because they because they have a house in Montauk, and he has an affair with a waitress, and one thing leads to another. Anyway, so he has great strife with his own children uh, because they come to learn that he broke up the family, or so they would think, and. Um, he says to his daughter during one moment of reflection, you know, you're going to, I know I've made a lot of mistakes, but you'll learn from my mistakes. He says, you know, I really learned from the mistakes of my father. We come to learn his father was a little bit of a cruel man. He said, and you'll learn from my mistakes and then your kids will learn from your mistakes. And then someday we might actually have the perfect child. And <laughs> I, I, I thought the last part was frankly really stupid because that's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Do you, T- tell me about that dynamic, though, because it sounds like you have, I'm sorry, uh, you have your daughter, uh, more than one child? I forget, no, I'm sorry. I have my daughter, and yep. she's married to um, her wife, Natanya. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yeah, you've told me about this yeah, lovely just, couple before. That's yeah, right. Just, and and they, yeah, they got married a few years ago, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, 2013. 2013, okay, yeah. yes. Well, mazel tov once again. Thank you. Um, but, Thank um, you. and so, so if you, uh, if you, fair to say you learn from the mistakes of your parents? Well, I think you you look at the way they live their life and their moral code and decide if that's something that, that you want to have in your life. Um, I don't know if I learned from their mistakes. I just learned with how they live their life. And I think our daughter, Danny, looks at how we live our life, and a lot of that makes sense to her, and she would want to replicate that. Um, I don't know that you can learn from someone else's mistakes. I think you can witness it and right. and know that that was a bad call. I mean, I've made some grave errors in judgment, whether it was business or personal, whatever, friendships. Mm. Um, but I don't know that your children learned from that because many times we don't talk about it. I think we try mm. to hide um, the, the errors that we make. I, I One of the, probably the most important things I found as a parent is just being able to say, I'm sorry, mm. I did something wrong because I know my parents never apologized and I know that they did some wrong things and some bad things. So I felt learning to say you're sorry as a parent was huge. It's a big deal uh, sometimes is. saying you're sorry because I've had disputes with people and you know, usually business, but occasionally it's the silly personal thing where this person you know, didn't show up to something I really wanted them to or something like that. And... Um, it's not um it's not always the sin it's the it's what happens afterwards and if they if they're not if they try to explain it away or kind of come back at you with well this is your fault because a lot of times all you're looking for is a apology I'm sorry. right yeah, yeah I'm sorry yeah. And, and it's okay toby it really yeah. it's okay it's not and your I fault think the other no, I'm thing, you said I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think the other thing also was i was being judgmental that i grew up with a, a lot of people both parents being judgmental. And I, I don't like that as a character trait. I think that that is really hurtful. Mm. And I think we 
we pass a lot of judgment. We're on the outside looking in, not the inside looking out. We pass a lot of judgment. So that's one I work on every day. Give me, give me an example of that. How does that come up these well, days? Well, I think it comes up, you could look at somebody who's very overweight and say, oh, that person is so fat, blah, blah, blah. You mm -hmm. know, maybe they're sitting in their closet eating Burger King. And mm -hmm. they may have a significant health issue that we know nothing about. Right. And maybe they're doing the best every day to deal with that chronic illness. Mm -hmm. But judging from the outside you have no no idea how much effort that person might already be putting in to just try to maintain their their lifestyle and their health you know due to this chronic illness so that that would be something simple but i think obviously teenagers and people even younger judge so much more from what people are on the outside you know whether it's hair clothing nails you know makeup and mm -hmm. that's you know that's hard if you're the person on the other end that doesn't care about any of those things, that doesn't value that as something they want within their own character. So but do you think that's getting better gener generationally or, or not necessarily? I think, again, it depends where you live. I yeah. do find there's less of that as we go to Western Mass than you have in Eastern Mass. That's just something <laughs> I think I've lived now in both places. Mm. I think when you have more money and a degree of affluence and privilege, you're going to see a bit more focus on more materialistic Superficial values, things. right, <laughs> right. But when you yeah. don't have as much money, then who you are as a person really matters because that's all you can bring to the table. Maybe it's that, you know, you, you work with iron or you bake bread or you run mm. a wonderful small restaurant. Um, that's just as much a value as the person that can buy a $3,000 suit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's, yeah, the older I get, the more I, I believe that that truly is the gospel because it's, a matter of, uh, I mean, I, I've lived in big homes, I've lived in small homes, I've lived, and and you hear it time and time again, and yet you don't believe it. It's like money can't buy happiness. It sometimes it really is that yeah. simple because some of you, I look back at some of the happiest moments of my life, and it had nothing to do with whatever money went into that thing. Right. You know, I mean, you can have as much friend, you know catching up with an old college buddy, you know, drinking draft beers that cost three seventy five or whatever, then it, you can have just as great a time doing that as you can, you know, having a thousand dollar brunch at the Four Seasons or whatever, right? On a yacht. <laughs> Put it on a yacht and we'll make it a thousand dollars. Um so um very true. The 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 whole judgmental thing is it's also kind of a thing with me. And I try, I try to, you know, I, we can all be judgmental. We can all look and yes. say, oh, that person, that person, that's all, that person's always been. But I, I worry that our society these days, perhaps accelerated by social media, Twitter, et cetera, mm -hmm. is so much more into labeling. He's this, he's that, you know, I mean, it, it's, I'm not, I'm cap captain obvious here when I say our country is, is divided, you know, politically. But what comes with that is also some other things like, you know, you're in or you're out. He's a hater. She's a poser. You know, right. um, you know when. Uh, sorry for the sports again, Toby. But you know when when Tom Brady when Tom Brady got disciplined for um, allegedly inflating footballs, it's like, well, he's a cheater. He's yeah. a cheater. And some some people will will just say that and will actually believe it. You know, you know Trump's a Nazi. Okay, maybe maybe that's um, maybe there's a, a hint of truth in that. Are you okay, Toby? She's clearing her throat. She's going for a lozenge. It's lozenge time, ladies and gentlemen. Good. I just want to make sure you're okay. Um, and so I, I've been, um, I've been divorced for a few years, and happily still get along with my ex-wife. In fact, getting along better now. Knock on wood than ever. I hope that's true, Annie. But um, you know, we're co-parenting our kids. It's very important. Mm -hmm. And 
But when I got divorced, I noticed um, a lot of people looked at me differently or didn't look at me, <laughs> didn't look at me at all. And it's, um, you know, the fact that I, that it, that I am now divorced, that there, it could mean that I did something wrong. It might, but you don't know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's judgment. And, you know, there, there's, there's maybe there is, you know, a time for judgment, but it's, it's really frustrating to be on the other side. So I'm glad, but do you ever find yourself and we don't have to, I don't mean to be Dr. Freud here and we don't have to, we can get off the subject of your, your upbringing and all that, <laughs> but, 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 but do you, I mean, I find myself, um, becoming, you hit a point in life. I think where you, where you think you're turning into your parents, it's kind of, that's kind of a joke, but you know, I start to notice certain mannerisms I did that remind me of my dad or certain things you say that remind you of something your mom would say or something like that. It's because when you grow older, you're now at an age where you can recall specifically what your parent was at that age, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but, but do, do you ever find yourself doing that or do you, have you had to sort of fight instincts that <laughs> might've come from your parents or I'm just curious. I don't find myself um, finding myself being like them at the same age or stage. Um, no, I really okay. don't. All right. I don't. Uh, Are you sure you weren't put on this earth by aliens, very kind, sweet aliens, and you just happened to land there in the Bronx? No, I just, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't. I, I, you know, they, they were, when you were in that time period, you know, someone being in their 50s or 60s was already considered more older. It was a bit more dowdy. I mean, now with everybody living so much longer, people live and they're very, very vigorous well into their 70s and their 80s. So I think it was a different generation. Also, mm. I don't necessarily remember women. I never compared myself to my mother career-wise because most women, even though my mother did have a career as a single parent, she had to work. But I don't think it was a career for the same reason that I got a career. you know. And I mm. got to select my career for my own reasons. The only thing I could say, if at all, that I got from my dad was my dad was an entrepreneur. Hmm. Um, but that, you know, kind of began and end with just that little statement. We were in totally different industries and I never worked in his business and it was not a business that really, um, welcomed females. So mm-hmm. it was nothing that I ever really thought. What I was should, his business? May I ask? Um, it was, he was an electrical engineer okay. and he sold different, um, products, fuses, amp traps, things like that. And so we called on a lot of wholesalers. So it was a very male bastion kind of a business. Yeah, sounds like it. And he was on the road, you know, so certainly I have that on the road aspect. I love traveling mm-hmm. and he was always on the road as well, but not a lot of similarities beyond that. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite city outside of uh, Boston? You mean in, in Massachusetts? Any, no, let's go worldwide. And Let's you're not allowed go. to say New York because we are, we already talked about New York. Florence, Italy. Ah, uh-huh. good choice. Good choice. Um, yeah. How you've been there more than once? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What is your favorite thing to do there? Um, walk. Yeah. Walk the city for miles and miles and miles. Smell. Just you know, yeah. take advantage of the smell. Stop again. Taking time, having a cup of coffee and a pastry. Mm. What I learned there was that when you get a table in a small restaurant for dinner, you have that table for the entire evening. They're not expecting turnover yeah. like we have here. They're not I, in a rush. I love that. Yeah, I love that. They dine. They don't eat. I love it. 
Yeah, and like you know, we can make fun of the now I'm switching countries, the French and the the prototypical you know Frenchman with the beret smoking the cigarette and sitting out George Holiday and complaining about being bored. But but in Europe, they it is that is one of the wonderful things about it is the pace is different, mm-hmm. and the thing I love about it is it's like it's a time machine because. Yeah. You know, you walk along some of those streets, Florence, Venice. Uh, I've been to those two cities just once, but it was it was enough to breathe it in. And what was the other one I went to? Romeo and Juliet. Uh, m- m- uh, not Milan. Um, Flor- uh, no. W- where uh, Romeo and Juliet? Oh, my God. It's going to kill me. It's... Uh if you know where Romeo and Juliet are from, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give a call to uh, the Boston <laughs> podcast. Wait a minute. We can't do that. It's 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 a podcast. And so I'm looking it up. Oh, you know what? Uh, Alexa might know. Alexa, uh. in what town did Romeo and Juliet take place? Okay. It takes her a minute usually. Okay. Yep. What did she say? The Russian Empire. The Russian Empire? I have no idea what you're talking about, Alexa. Uh, no, I, it, no, it's not that. It's not that. This is great podcasting. Verona. Verona. Thank you. Uh, there you go. All right. There anyway, you go. I guess you've never yeah. been to Verona. No? It's nice. I, it's I nice. Not. Yeah. I did not. We went to Amsterdam in the spring, and that was another beautiful place. I've never been there either. Wonderful place. All right. So I promised okay. we were going to do our restaurant reviews, okay. and so we're going to do an edition of the segment that we call Good Stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Toby's going to go first. Tell us about her favorite restaurant. You were raving about it so much yes. when you first brought it up, so I can't wait to hear about it. So what is it? Yes. So Southbridge, Massachusetts, which for those of you who are coming from the eastern part of the state, uh, you're definitely going to need to get on the Mass Pike and head west. Mm-hmm. And the restaurant is called The Metro Bistro. The Metro Bistro. Yep. And it is in Southbridge. And it is a small restaurant, only open Wednesday through Saturday nights. Wow. No no lunchtime hours. Everything is cooked to order, and it's owned by um, Jay Livinois and his wife, um, Mary Paul. Jay is French-Canadian from Woodstock, Connecticut. So how do you know the proprietors of the restaurant? Because you go so there we've so- gotten to know them. We go there so often. <laughs> okay. and, and Mary Paul is from uh, Paris, France, and their cooking Ooh. is a fusion of the two, and it's uh, BYOB. And it's oh, amazing. That's a pl- I feel like that's a dying phenomenon, the BYOB. BYOB. There, there is still some, but it's it. at first you say, well, isn't, wouldn't you rather just go to the restaurant and order the booze? No, it's so much no. more economical, first of all. Yes. And yes. you bring, bring what you like, bring as yes. much as you like, right? Yes. Um, wonderful, wonderful they, place. I'm looking at the website. And they're saying, warning, we do not serve butter with our bread. That's true. Why is that? That's because they say that that's the way it really is served, is without butter, that a good bread doesn't need butter. They serve it to you warm. And if you want butter, you damn well better bring it yourself. You'll, because They said BYOB people, bring your own butter. Yeah, right. bring your own butter. So This is, fat, um, this is so old school. Yeah, on, on the website, there's they actually reveal their recipe for... Southern French goat ragout. Ra- what is that? Ragout. Do you know? Yeah, ragout is French Canadian. It's yeah. kind of it's emerging together of a lot of different kinds of ingredients, more like a stew. Yeah, but 
Well, the always... first, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, Toby. The yeah. first, the first ingredient on the recipe is four pounds of goat with bones. There you go. Now, good luck picking that up at Whole Foods, people. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's check it out. Wow. Make reservations. Seems really interesting. Drive out. It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And looks you, like they do cooking classes as they well. They do. That's cool. Yeah. And you can have your table for the evening. Yeah. Just like in Europe. All right. Well, I'm going to pretend I'm there right now for an appetizer. I'm going to have the fresh shiitake mushroom and pheasant confit Mm -hmm. soup. Mm -hmm. Okay. It only runs you $8, people. Um, Although the next time I come, I'm going to have the snails baked in foie gras with lobster. Uh, Oh, foie gras. So it's, uh, I don't know. That's a little uh, non-PC there, Toby, but that's okay. It's probably delicious. Okay. You know about the foie gras thing, right? Yeah. You're not supposed to eat foie gras because they torture the geese. I know. Well, there's a lot of tortured animals that (laughs) we're not supposed to eat. You do what you don't. This is not a vegan, you know, focused (laughs) place. Yeah. Vegan people uh, maybe skip this one. Yeah. Main plates. uh, Let's see. There are a few. Um, What's your favorite? Well, I love their quail, but quail is very, very small. They do a phenomenal job. Also served with foie gras. With medallions of, nice. of beef, and their uh, their dobe is very similar in a sense to a ragu or a stew. That it has chestnuts and parsnips and carrots, and they're all wonderful. And they serve them with a number of different side dishes that are just automatically come, oh, really? come with it. Yeah, wow. And then for dessert, um, most of the time. Any of the fruits that they're going to have on the menu are from their own farm. So, like, if you see an apple compote with French vanilla ice cream, the oh, apples yeah. would be from from their farm. Um, everything is either from their farm or from local, you know, farm to table. So, it's it's just a wonderful, wonderful place to spend an evening and, and dine and talk to Jay and mm-hmm. Mary Paul and bring your your wine with you. And wow, it's I very love it. Cool. Uh, there is a corkage fee of five dollars for the first bottle. Hey, listen, life isn't perfect, okay? Absolutely. And they have to, they got to keep the lights on at the Metro Bistro. Right. Um, well, that sounds awesome, and I'm really obsessed with this. The warning is in big letters: we do not serve butter or oil. I know. <laughs> it's funny. I know. It's funny. I, well, that's good. You know, it's like you know, if you go into a pub in London and you order a, a beer and they give it to you slightly warm, you don't send it back. You right. say, this is the way they do it here. We you definitely know? brought butter with us when we had some <laughs> We had some relatives visiting <laughs> okay. and they were like, absolutely, we need to bring butter. So we, we did and they were happy and Jay and Mary Paul just looked aside. Right. So um, very. that's an excellent entry for uh, good stuff today. My suggestion will be a restaurant in Sharon. And I was going to mention the square, but I realized I think I've mentioned that on a previous podcast. That one is excellent. The square, Sharon, right in Sharon Center. Just really good. Uh, um, it's kind of classic American bistro. But uh, when it went in, I was afraid it was going to be kind of bar food. It's not. The chef is, is a badass and it's delicious food. But the one I think I'm going to go with is... Um, Another restaurant in Sharon called Simca, which is the owners, I, I believe, are from Israel. I'm going to try to pull up the menu here. and But it's a, um, uh, oh my goodness, what's it called when you have lots of little plates? Oh, tapas. Thank you, tapas. Um, is it Simca like Simca, like a blessing? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. That's we're gonna, a great word. We're going to look it up right now. Simca is located on uh, South Main Street in Sharon, and I'm trying to produce the uh, menu here to show Toby. Um, it's kind of smallish. Kinda, yeah. It's what reminded me when you talked about your, mm-hmm. your favorite place. Um, 
and the, a lot of the, the 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 there's like a tasting menu. There are a lot of things that you would just wouldn't ordinarily have at like. Would you have a fennel and fig salad? You know, would you have Moroccan carrots? It, it's although the the people are from Israel, it's kind of uh, all Middle East all over mm-hmm. the board. You know, you could have yourself some fried feta, some uh, delicious roast, slow roasted chicken wings, some eggplant rings for. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Eggplant you could do rings. some vegan. You could definitely put together a vegan meal. It's simple. Yeah, you definitely could. Um, the chicken, I know I've had this. Yemenite chicken, mm-hmm. half chicken brined, coated in chickpea flour, and dipped in a red zug and schmaltz. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, you know, you get... Bring on the schmaltz. Bring on the schmaltz. I'm all about the yeah. schmaltz. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. Simca, it's S-I-M-C-H-A. Just Google it. It's mm-hmm. worth the trip, uh, South Main Street in Sharon. Well, wow. we're, we're up against the clock here. We covered a lot of ground here, Toby yeah. Gerard, did we not? We have definitely done the whirlwind tour. Have I scared you off? No. Okay, good. No. Once again, if you want to get in touch with Toby, it's tobygerardinsurance.com. And her phone number, 508-653-8110. Long-term care insurance. You may need it, kids, so get in touch with Toby. And I, I, I'm glad you had fun. Um, again, Toby's one of my favorite people, so she's also just cool, too. Can people find you on LinkedIn and stuff like that? Yeah. All right. Find her on LinkedIn. Have a cup of coffee with her. Go to a restaurant. We'll We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Maybe open a bottle of wine. Who knows? Thanks so much. Thanks to our sponsor. My pleasure. You're the best, Toby. You're welcome back anytime, by the way. If you're going to make the trip, I got to at least let you go in front of the microphone and and have some fun. USPS.com slash careers is where you find out about the U.S. Postal Service, our proud sponsor. Also, go to the App Store and download the Adobe Adobe. I'm losing it today. Don't download the Adobe app. You probably already have that. The Adori app, A-D-O-R-I, new podcast player. Your podcast come to life. It's wicked cool. Also, if you like this podcast, do me a solid. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Share it with a friend. Tell somebody about it. Even if you hate it, tell somebody how much you hate it. I could use the attention. And on behalf of Toby Gerard, one of my favorite people in the world, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.